Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And we're super excited today to have one of our wonderful Mountain Mama friends, Heidi Scott. She's joining us. She's originally from um, Boise, Idaho, and currently lives in Springville and is amazing. We love this woman. And she's we're, today we're doing like an empowerment episode. Um, and so we're excited to hear some of her thoughts on her year of empowerment that she's been working on. Um, and first I want to just share some um, little information. She said she's been divorced for a few years, for three years, with three kids. And her kids are older. You've got 14, 19, and 21. How is that? I have little, so like that's like not going to happen for me for a while. <laughs> it sure does make being single easier. I will tell you that I can depend on them to to do their own thing and they're super supportive of me being adventurous. They love watching me do crazy things. Oh, you're so lucky. Do any of them come with you on your adventures or? Um, I've gotten them to do a few hikes with me and stuff. I don't know that they're quite as crazy as me, but I can see little bits of it, you know, as they watch me do more things. They're like, maybe I'll try a tamer version of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, I mean, I feel like that's the coolest thing. Like when you are allow yourself to try things that are different and make mistakes and and explore parts of your own self. Like it allows them to do the same thing, have adventures and yeah, so. It really has brought a lot of joy. Like mm -hmm. a joy to me and joy to them. Aw, that's, that's been amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. And you said you um, were currently working as a bank processing loan. Oh, you're at a bank, comma, processing <laughs> loan documents. <laughs> and um, I wanted to share a fun fact about you. You mentioned a couple cool things. I know there's like a million. But um, you had wanted to, you shared that you'd thrown the opening pitch at a minor league baseball game. Which is so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. And I can honestly say, no, nobody who has done that. That's like, how did that happen? What happened? What's the story? So my dad had, I mean, in my family, we have all girls. And then finally we had a, a boy, the very last kid. And he's 10 years younger than me. So my dad had all of these girls, five girls. And he raised us very, like, into his sports. And... He signed me up. I think he secretly wanted to throw the opening pitch, but it wasn't eligible for for adults. It was a, it was eligible for um, kids in like high school age, and so he signed me up without me knowing. And lo and behold, I got it, and it was probably it was a huge misadventure. Actually, no, I, what happens? Huh? Yeah. Okay, first of all, who's the baseball team? Um, it's the Boise Hawks. Okay. Okay, and um. They were, I can't even remember the team that they were playing, but I actually swore off baseball for years and years because I accidentally went into the guy's locker room instead of my own. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not look at baseball players the same. <laughs> and you started with that in high school. Yeah, I mean, it was like, woo, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> and a super, super embarrassing moment for me. And then my daughter picked softball of all the sports. And <laughs> you like, I have to relive this again. Yeah, I, it took me years to get over it. And now I love baseball again more than, like, I watch it as much as she uh -huh. does. And it's just, 
but yeah, that was probably my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> You're like epic and most embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, big moment. <laughs> that is so cool. And then you had also mentioned you sung in an opera when you were in high school and also sang at, I didn't know you, at sang at weddings. Like, I didn't know you were a singer. This is, I love, okay, I have to say we're I learning. love this podcast, just that we get to learn all the neat things about you women, all your, your, your hidden, I don't want to say secrets, but your talents and, anyway, yeah, tell us about your singing. Oh, yeah, so we grew up singing, we, um. My both of my parents are very musical, and all of my siblings play a musical instrument except me. So, I learned really quickly that I would just get them to play so that I could <laughs> sing all the time. And we sung as a family. I sung in choirs. I've I sang at um, in Boise. There's a jazz festival that they hold every year, and my senior year, I won the best soloist out of the entire thing. What? Um, yeah, I don't quite have the voice that I used to just because I don't practice, but I think in, was it in between my ninth and 10th grade, I, we um, had the opportunity to be in an opera and we tried out and I was able to be in part of it. It was Tosca. Uh-huh. And it, like uh, a big one. Like it was, it was amazing. One. Yeah. I didn't have like a solo part, but I mean, it was a great opportunity. So amazing. And then after high school, I sung at like a handful of weddings. So I don't know if that counts me as a wedding singer. Totally for does. Sure. You totally wedding. Did they pay you or was it like on the side or cause you're just an awesome friend? Um, some of them I was paid for yes. and some of them I did because they were people that knew me and mm-hmm. I loved them. So like, I love you enough to do this. <laughs> That makes you a professional singer. Uh, No. I feel like as soon as money exchanges happen, you're totally professional. So so back in the back in the early nineties, a hundred bucks for a wedding. (laughs) That's a good deal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, I would take that now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so tell us about so we wanna like, yeah, explore like Kind of, I know the divorce was kind of a reason why this kind of all started and then some self-reflection and things. So what was kind of your path to this this new Heidi that you've been working on? Sure. It took me a good two years of being divorced before I finally um, felt like, girl, get get your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can do this. And um, part of it... Part of it was um, being brave enough to put myself like on a dating site and, and talk to people, which was super hard for me. I, yeah. It was just super hard. But my first yes was um, I had been talking to a guy. And by the time I was talking to him, I was like jogging nine, nine and a half miles every day, like just for stress release. I think yeah. COVID was probably one of the best things to happen to me because everything slowed down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like my work slowed down, my kids' sports slowed down, everything slowed down, and it allowed me to find some time. And um, I just happened to mention, you know, that that I had done this, and he's like, well, how many halves have you run? And I was like, I've never run a half, and I never will. Like a half marathon? Yeah, I'm Uh like, I am not a runner. I'm not a runner. I have asthma. I'm like, no, I'm not a runner. I've never run ever. I could never do this. Except for every day. (laughs) Except for apparently every day I get pretty darn close. (laughs) So I, I don't know why he just convinced me to say yes to this rando guy. I said, yeah, sure, I'll sign up for one, yeah. And, but that's the thing. When I make a com- commitment, I make a commitment. I don't back off. Uh-huh. Like, if I say yes, 
then I don't care how scared I get at the end. Like, we're doing this. Like, mm-hmm. we're going. And so I signed up for it, like, clear back at the beginning of the year. I committed to it back in November, and it took me all until last weekend to finally complete that very first yes. yes. Yay! But in between there, I've completed, I don't even know how many more yeses. Too many to count. Like, you called it your yes year. Is uh, yeah. that kind of what your thought was? Yes, it totally has been. After I... After I committed to him and then I signed up for that, I, it just made me reflect. How many times do you say no to things without even thinking? Like it's your first instinct is to say, oh, no, no, oh, I don't do that. Or I'm not good at that. Or just shutting things down. And it just made me kind of stop and think, girl, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, just say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then probably the best advice I was given was get really comfortable with being the worst person in the room at whatever you're trying. Mm-hmm. Because like if because if you can do that, if you can say to yourself, it's okay if I'm the worst person in the room, then it totally eases any, any fear that you have of not reaching a specific standard, right? Mm-hmm. You're not setting yourself up for any particular thing. Yeah. So, and... I how wait how did you get to that point because that's a hard step to make emotionally and mentally I think I just decided like okay I'm probably going to be the worst person in the room and it started with the first thing that I signed up with Mountain Mamas was ice climbing which was like (laughs) that's right totally nuts and I thought wow you've never even attempted anything near that you're probably going to suck really, really, really bad. And then I just remembered, okay, so you're going to suck at it. Okay. Man, that's awesome. Way to go. That's awesome. But who cares if you suck? You can probably have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) why did you choose that activity or like what had been going on? It was the first one you offered. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if I'm going to sign up, I like want to do this. Like, let's just go. Like, let's jump in. That is so, and how, what was it like for you? Like, did you feel like you were the worst person? or Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> the absolute worst in the world. I was so unprepared. I didn't even have snow clothes. Like, I had mm-hmm. nothing. And I thought it was really funny that, it, like, 11.30 the night before we did ice climbing, I went to Walmart and bought, like, a pair of snow pants for $15 <laughs> because I didn't know what else to do. I, which totally, I think they worked out. Did they work out? Yeah, okay? they worked fine. <laughs> they were great. I've totally done stuff very similar to that where it was, like, a day or two before where I'm, like, Oh crap! I need thermals for, <laughs> what you know, for like the snowshoeing or, yeah. Uh, or I did have one hiking thing where I had to say no actually because I was like, I don't actually have hiking boots. <laughs> I thought I did. All I had were sneakers, and I'm like, based on the on the hike they were doing, I'm like that'll be dangerous. And like oh, and like a week before, I was like, well, if I. If I buy boots and wear them out, like, I'm sure I'll be fine. But I couldn't even find, like, find any good boots um, in time for that. So I love that you're able to, like, just get your... I think I got lucky, but uh, that's the one thing I love about Mountain Mamas. Because if I don't have it, if I put myself out there, somebody is willing to share. Oh, yeah. Like, I never have to worry about... Like, somebody's not going to support you. There's mm-hmm. so much support. If you want to do it, somebody will back you up. So yeah. just say yes. 
I, that, yeah. I totally just say feel yes. like that. Because I feel like we've, a lot of us have been doing these activities for decades. So we have so much. I'm like, I don't know what shoe size, but if it's close and, you know, like it's not going to be something epically hard, you know, like, you know, but if it's something just for a few hours, you can make a lot of things just work, you yeah. know? Yeah, you like, can make $15 pants work. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, like ice climbing was just like a few hours, like, you know. Yeah. And remember the boot sizes that they couldn't even get my boot size. I had to wear shoes that were one whole size too big. And that was probably the most difficult thing. That's true. I mean, my heel was slipping the whole time. It made it so scary to me to feel that lack of control, which is probably exactly what I needed because I think the two years previous, I was trying to control absolutely everything Mm -hmm. so that one more thing didn't fall apart in my life. And letting go and just trying, trying it and you know, dealing with whatever you have mm-hmm. and making it work has just, just, just been such a good thing. Yeah, because I feel like that happens a lot in the mountains. I think that's a really nice thing about the mountains is the mountains don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and so you come as you are and they'll take you as you are for good or for bad. And then they will just, they will be what they will be. Like the weather is just going to do its thing and it doesn't care if you came prepared or not. But the nice thing, about, I think feel like that's liberating too because you... You just have to let go a lot of things and you're just like, I'm going to come as best as I can and then just, yeah, like you're saying, let go of your expectations and just be present and enjoy what that whatever you are doing out there and just, yeah, whatever it's going to be, it will be, you know? I think there's so much to learn and so much to feel and so much to grow while you're doing that. Yeah. And then Mountain Mamas just makes it a safe place to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was kind of the biggest thing. Is That's why I got started, actually, is because um, Marilyn and I had met so many women just like you who were just like, I just need, I mean, essentially that was, I mean, they weren't saying this exactly, but like, I need a safe place mm-hmm. to try something new or try something I haven't tried, like, since I was in my, you know, back in mm-hmm. the day um, <laughs> before kids or whatever like that. And and that's what we wanted to create. So that's awesome that you feel. I mean, like that—that that is the goal—is that you feel that? Absolutely. And I—it makes me feel brave enough that uh, I don't even care if I want to try something. I don't care if I can't find somebody to do it. If I want it bad enough, I'll just do it on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I'll go—I'll go to an indoor rock climbing place by myself. Okay. I'll do a paddleboarding class by myself. All right. Like, mm-hmm. okay. I can be that awkward single girl. I can own that narrative. I know, because it opens so many doors. Like, why not? Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, at least in my opinion, one of the fun things about the outdoors and the mountains and all that is, like, honestly, being, like, a complacent expert is never a good idea anyway. Do you know what I mean? True. And so even so, as you have this whole group full of people who have maybe done something several times or the first time or whatever, like the truth is that like, yeah, we all have different experiences and stories to how to do something. But if any of us go into it, like, oh, I got this. Like you said, the mountain doesn't care. (laughs) Doesn't care how many certifications you have on your belt or whatever, you know, you can, anyone can fall if you're not paying attention. And so I think that brings a good humility to, to as well, where it's like, okay, like, even if I've done X, Y, Z before, I still have to really focus and pay attention. And so, yeah, so I feel that empathy for somebody else. And I haven't done things nearly as much as Emily and Marilyn, but I imagine it's kind of that same 
idea. Like, yeah, I, I've done rappelling a lot as a kid and whatnot, but I wouldn't be like, now I know all of the things because as soon as you get complacent, that's when you do something where, you know, you can hurt yourself pretty badly. I totally agree. There was a show called Alone that's on Netflix, and I've been watching the season seven, and there was a woman on it, which is awesome, just saying, that's awesome. And she's been out there for a while, and she said exactly this. She says, they call us survival experts, but I think that's, I never wanna be called an expert, because as soon as you're labeled an expert, it means you're not learning. And I think that's exactly right. Like, no matter what our level are, you you wanna come into something learning. Like, even as the guides, we, I mean, we want to make sure that everything's safe, but to come into it learning going, oh, I could learn a new way to do that would be safer and, you know, and learn from other people and things like that. I think the worst thing is to be stuck in your way of, you know, as a, even as a guide, um, when, when technology improves and not being able to stay up with stuff like that and like always be learning and always, Mm -hmm. yeah, being part of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's kind of like a being a parent, like. I don't think, I mean, I hope no one really feels like an expert parent. Like, my kid, kids are 17 and 11, and so sometimes people with younger kids will ask me questions, and depending on what I can remember, I will, you know, certainly, like, help or mention things, but the reality is it's like it's their kid, it's their situation, there's so many different things, um, and they still have so much more to learn and grow, and yeah, I'd same thing, I want to keep up to date on what are the parenting things that are coming out and what are the psychological things I can do to like help my my kids as they continue to grow and when they move out and as they are adults and everything. So it's not like you get to a point where you're like, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, and that's the beauty of, of Utah. It's like children. There's every single place you go is so different. I, that, I just have been fascinated. You go two hours south and you get the red rocks in the desert and you you go an hour up to Big Cottonwood Canyon or Little Cottonwood Canyon. It's the greenest place I've ever been. I haven't even been to like Weber County yet or Mm -hmm. I mean like I've got to go up there. I just I love it and everywhere you go it's so different. You can't say oh I've done this mountain or I've done these kinds of mountains. I clearly can hike over here because it's just completely different. Mm -hmm. I mean i there's plenty of things I don't know. <laughs> and there's so many places to explore. Even yeah. the same place will change. And so I want to know kind of what's on your yes. So you've been doing your yes year for mm-hmm. how long now? Um, so it, I mean, I mean, my first one was kind of that yes for the, the half marathon. And, and, and I actually did want to kind of come back to that because yeah. it was kind of this like, I mean, I don't want to call it a bookend because that would make it sound like you're done with your oh, with not yes. not even close. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like kind of like how it felt to actually do the half marathon, where you, like what you did for training, like where you looked, was, was, yeah. it, was it like opening up a random fitness magazine, no judgment, I just, I'm just curious. Well, the training probably was not really training, I'm not going to lie, because I, I didn't, that wasn't why I started walking and jogging, it's not why I started, I had no goal in mind when I started doing that, I just progressively started going longer and longer because I felt more solitude being outdoors. Ah, uh, yeah. So I just kept wanting to go out and go out. Just It was a great place for me and my mind 
to hang out together, uh-huh. <laughs> which maybe other people don't always want to be around when that conversation happens. <laughs> no, that's, that's so great because I once started trying to train for something, and as soon as I started trying to train for it, I'm like, well, this isn't fun anymore. And so then I just stopped. Some people are motivated by that, and they're like, now I will exercise more. And I'm like, I just want to run until I don't want to run anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and I well, I will tell you probably the hardest thing of the half was that I realized my amazing little apple watch because i have such short tiny legs and a small stride i take 500 more steps than anyone else who runs and it thinks i'm going longer than i am so where my <laughs> longest run was 11 and a half miles which i thought in the time that i thought was like oh okay i can totally do this in two and a half hours no it wasn't accurate it was oh, clocking no. me probably about 0.125 miles or yeah so, like an eighth of a mile extra every mile. Oh, and man. it shot my time. I was a little sad. <laughs> I was a little sad. I'm not going to lie. But I was so happy that it was over. I knew I could do the mileage. It didn't happen in the time that I wanted. Mm-hmm. But really, I did something I have told myself my entire life you will never do. And that I did is, it. What was that yeah. like? Like, to have broken that... How broken broken that like boundary of your own mental uh, mind it kind of makes me think you know Heidi I wonder if you push yourself if you could do more like mm-hmm. what else can you do mm-hmm. and it just I think I have just been hindering myself and I don't want to do that so I don't know I have don't have any plans to do another half but I think I could I'm so like I think I could too yeah what what things are on your like? So you how far through your actual uh, technical? You said did you start in Thanksgiving? Was what you had mentioned before? I just thought I would do it for this year, twenty twenty one. Okay, for the calendar year. <clears throat> for the calendar year, and so I I mean I had a, a a list of things that I wanted to do. I'm not going to share all of them, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know like the half was then I I wanted to backpack, which uh-huh. we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, we did our beginner backpack. I wanted to do a ton more hiking, which. I have done that was probably number one I wanted to play pickleball and honestly I could not find a soul to play pickleball with me so you know what I did I signed up for lessons that's so cool. I just showed up I found a place that taught lessons and signed up for it paid for lessons and went by myself and everybody else that went came with a date <laughs> so I got to be with the instructor but I don't mind because I got to do my thing. Like, yeah. And I think that that's really important is that people not hold themselves back because they're expecting somebody else to do it with them or somebody else mm-hmm. to show them. I cannot tell you before I found Mountain Mamas how many people I knew on Instagram or Facebook who did things that I wanted to do. And I reached out to them. I DM'd them. And I was like, hey, I really want to go for hikes. You know, is that something, could we do that sometime? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then never. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I've totally done that to a few people, but only because my life changed. I changed jobs and some things have changed. So I, I don't get to hike like I, I did um, earlier in the year. But um, I, I didn't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. If that didn't work out, I just worked a little harder to find a different avenue. Right. Because I didn't want to take no for an answer. I was yeah. like, I'm, I want to do this. And if I wanted to do this, that meant that I had the power. And that's what I, that's what I needed to tell myself. Like, you don't need someone else to do this. You will find a way. You find a way. Mm-hmm. You find someone. If that person says no, you say, okay, 
then I'll try this one. And if that person says no, then you try someone else. But you, you don't yeah. stop. You yeah. don't stop. Not even after 10 no's. You don't stop. It's true. Like, I have to share, like, I really, when we were teenagers, we went, our dad took us to Europe and um, we'd stayed in a hostel and I saw all these kids in hostels and I was like, they're backpacking Europe. Like, this is a thing. And I just, that was like my little, my first like epic adventure dream. And there was like, I asked like all through, I graduated high school and then I asked all my friends through college, all my mission companions, and everyone was like, yes, but no one like, we're like, we're ready and prepared to do it. And it wasn't, and then finally I was just like, I'm going to just do it this summer. I got fired from my job and I was like, perfect, this is the catalyst. I'm going to take this whole summer off. And I was just, I mean, I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to just do this myself. And then at the last minute, some random friend of a friend was like, I'll come with you, you know, and I feel like, you know, and we managed to survive the whole time together. But um, I feel like a lot of the big things, like a lot of the big like climbs I've done, like Aconcagua and Kilimanjaro and some of these crazy epic trips were just because like you just like that. You're like, I don't care. I have a dream and I'm going to just tell everybody I possibly can. And something's going to hit the fan at some point. Like somebody is going to know somebody and you just keep being persistent and contacting, contacting people. And like, like the secret, like throwing it out to the universe and it'll come back. Like if you want it, it's going to happen. It's not just that. It's a numbers game. No's and yeses are numbers games. Every no, like mathematically, it is proven that every time you get a no, you are that num- much like closer to getting the yes. Because a yes will happen. Mm-hmm. It really will. Mm-hmm. You just have to be willing to, to keep hearing the no's until you reach the right amount of number to get your yes. It's yes. just, it's a numbers game. It's math. You want to play some math. Just every time you get a no, great, I'm one number closer. Yeah. Right. And I feel like they also give you a little piece of the puzzle. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, they, but they said that I should try this mm-hmm. group of people or try this thing. And so it kind of gets you into a better place, you yes. know, to find answers. Yeah. Ah, uh, so as our kind of our takeaway, so there are things like that you want to knock out before the end of this year that you're looking forward to or? Oh, you know, one of the things that I didn't get to do this summer was I wanted to, um, wakeboard again and I haven't probably gotten up on a wakeboard in probably six years I tried three years ago three maybe four summers ago Mm -hmm. and I was just not strong enough and um, I really worked out kind of hard and I'm like I'm pretty sure and I used to be a pretty good wakeboarder and I could solemn ski uh, this is all Mm -hmm. boating I've never (laughs) winter skied actually that is I one of my I have to do's this year is I have to either try snowboard or downhill skiing. I just, I have to do it as much as that pains my soul. I hate the snow. I really enjoyed <laughs> snowshoeing this this winter, but that is a have to. So if I have to take a day off work to do that with the Mountain Mamas, I am so doing it. I don't even care how many times I fall down. I hope somebody videos it if I do. <laughs> because that that one I have to do. I just have to do that this year. Oh, I'm excited. That's and we do do fun. that. So that'll be perfect. Yeah. yeah, and I was gonna say I've never I've never gone wakeboarding. So It's so fun. I only the closest I've ever gotten is the Ogden ski uh, surf thing where oh. you can pretend to surf and yeah, and I I biffed it so many times. It's it's pretty great though because it looks so epic as your like limbs are flailing and you hit. But sometimes so you got to be okay to fun. fail because oh, yeah. failing can be epic so too. 
do. Oh, it's so fun. It's it's so fun when you biff it on a wakeboard. It's not that bad at all. And I mean, I just, I grew up, I grew up around boats and on the water and all of my friends had boats and now my sister has a boat, but they're all back in Idaho. So I have to Mm -hmm. drive six and a half hours to get on a boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's a commitment. For sure. (laughs) I wish we had boats. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Heidi, for sharing your stories with us today. Um, we're so excited to have you. Um, we could, You can find Heidi and follow her on Instagram and see how her yes year is going and beyond um, at Heidi, H-E-I-D as in dog, I dot Scott, S-C-O-T-T, correct? That's my username. Awesome. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> So then you can find her and be inspired and maybe you guys can encourage each other, all those good things. So to hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Heidi, remember to click the subscribe button and get the podcast directly to your device every week. Also help us empower more women to adventure by adding a five-star review and share it with your friends and family. This just makes it easier for ladies to find the podcast. Um, and then we've also got our website, which mm-hmm. is mountainmamasmtmamas.org. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for today's adventure, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who's listening. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains. <laughs>